The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hello! We are here for this really special edition of the show, Rob. How very exciting is this? It is. In our respective houses, having been here for a lot longer than we probably thought we might be. And we are going to be talking about that very subject in the show today. But before we do, ladies and gentlemen, he once pranked his friends that he wrote a book which was actually written by a different Robert Temple. It's hypnotist, Robert Temple. And he once had a subscriber write dickhead in the name field when subscribing to his email newsletter. And then the guy complained very strongly that every time he received an email, it started with the words, hi, dickhead. It's mind reader, Kennedy. It's true. Let's start the show. Looking forward to this chat today. Awesome. Yes. Brilliant. We are here every single week helping course creators, coaches, and membership site owners make email marketing less of a numbers game and put the odds back in your favor with harder hitting, higher converting, psychology driven, driven email marketing. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. Hello, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello. The email marketing heroes. And this week, we have, well, this episode, we have got three guests. Huzzah! We're going to be talking about messaging in a crisis. So let's get straight in introducing them. So our first guest is Janet Murray. Rob, is she related to more than one serial killer? Mm -hmm. Is she a female member of the Freemasons? Or does she find the Cat Stevens song, Sad Lisa, funny? I'm going to think. So I don't think she's a female member of the Freemasons. And the third one sounds like something you would have made up. And therefore, I'm going to go for the first one and say that she is related to more than one serial killer. Hi, Janet Murray. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Which one of those things is true? The first one, so we got it right. I am yes! indeed related to serial killers. Yeah. That's the only the second one I've ever got right in the whole history of the show. Get in. <laughs> Excellent. Is that because I've got that serial killer kind of look about me? <laughs> <laughs> now, our second guest is Mr. Biz Paul, Paul Ince. And one of these three things is true about Biz Paul Kennedy. Okay. So the first option is he once had a pet cat called Roger, and that cat was named after Sir Roger Moore. <laughs> the second option is that he once hitchhiked from Leicester to Glasgow in order to attend a music concert. Or as a child, this is the third one, as a child was handed over to a Doctor Who actor in order to have his photo taken. These are really good. You've upped your game because usually I'm like blindingly obvious. I think he had a cat called Roger. Let's find out. Biz Paul, which one's true? 
I'm afraid you're wrong. I did, I actually had a cat called Rodney at one point. Oh, that's what I was getting. That's what I was getting. Yeah, yeah you're getting the vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just slightly, slightly didn't quite pick up on the, uh, yeah. the thing. Um, but no, I was actually handed over to Tom Baker um, for a photo opportunity in Blackpool when I was a kid and it made me cry. And I remember it because he's so massive compared to how I was as a, as a <laughs> tiny. Well, I mean, I'm small enough now, but as a child. <laughs> Were you smaller then? I was even smaller then. Oh, my God. Okay, great. Our third guest is Teresa Heathwaring. Rob, was her first online course about homebrewing beer under a male pen name? Mm-hmm. Was she? Did she stalk the boy band Take That and actually went to all of their houses? Or did she change her own daughter's name at the age of two because she didn't like calling her Margaret anymore? I'm assuming the daughter was two, not Teresa. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, I think the only viable option from those three is that Teresa stalked the boy band Take That and went to all of their houses. Teresa, which one's true? Oh, well done. Yes, I did stalk. Take that. (laughs) (laughs) What a big fan. What a big fan. Huge. I love them. I love them. They're really good. So I thought what today we're talking about on this very special edition of the show is how do you communicate in a a crisis? In a crisis? How do you communicate in a crisis? And, I mean, we'll start off the conversation with when the, when things first went a bit tits up and we're all a bit like, oh God, it's all going horribly wrong. Did any of us continue just selling as normal? Let's, we've got to get them in. Did any of us f- have a second guess? I mean, Paul, did you, did you sort of pull back a little bit or did you just crack on business as normal? Uh, I, I went into my automatic mode in the moments like this, which is, Let's ju- let's just stop a second and try and work out what the hell is going on here. Now, I've I've kind of rehearsed this slightly for the Queen's death, right? Now I know it's not I know it's not a it's it's not a thing that we want to think about, but when I when I talk when I talk to people that I work with, this is before Corona, right? I would say right, okay. If you've got content scheduled or you've got things in plans, right? Imagine that the queen dies and is that email or is that social media post going to feel that appropriate at, at that time? So it's always worth having a plan for like moments of crisis. So when it all kicked off, I was a bit like, hmm, doesn't quite feel right. Who knows what the hell is going on? Let's just stop for a second and try and work it out. Yeah, make sure you haven't got any massive posts about viral marketing and stuff like that because it might feel a bit <laughs> icky when there's COVID going around. Uh, Janet, what what did you do? Like, What was your initial reaction and response? So the first thing I did was I recorded a bonus podcast episode um, because I sensed, so for me, it's all about positioning. So um, just to carry on selling might seem to be a little bit like um, crass, just to carry on selling. So I think it's really important if you're going to carry on selling that you have to tell people that's what you're going to do. So I recorded a bonus podcast. I'm just looking at it now, uh, which was how to turn your in-person services into online offerings. Um, Then I did another one. I think I did a few actually were about things like generating power hours and things like that. So I just started creating free content for my audience, but I also talked a lot about why I was selling, why I was continuing to sell, because I think if you can anticipate the flack you're going to get before 
it comes your way, it probably won't come your way. Um, and I learned that from my days as a journalist. Like, actually, it's better to say something than say nothing. Um, so if you just carry on selling, you're going to get those accusa- accusations that you're being crass or whatever. So I created some free content. I talked about the fact that I was going to continue to sell and why I was doing it. And actually, I only got one person who sent me a meme email, which is not not bad. Not bad at all. Okay, and Rob, you need to stop emailing Janet like that. It's not very nice. <laughs> Teresa, what, what happened for you? Um, funnily enough, a little bit of both. So I did pause for a little bit, and I actually thought to myself, all those goals I've set for the year, all those things I wanted to do this year, they're just gone out the window, and I'm just going to sit on it, and it'd be fine. And I had a call with another, an old client who I hadn't spoke to for ages, and he asked if he could have a quick call. And we got on a call, and he was like, what can I do? I need to earn money. So I started giving him all these ideas. And literally the next morning, I was meditating, very woo-woo, and during the meditation, it came to me like, what are you doing? You do this for a living. You help people market and go online and take their business online. So I did what Janet did and I immediately kicked into action. I did also record a special podcast episode because I batch content. So I had to say on the podcast, look, these next few podcasts, I'm not even going to mention it. And you're going to think I don't care. And I do, but they've already been batched. So I talked about that. And then again, same as Janet, I talked about why I was going to continue selling and why I felt that everyone else or why my opinion was that I wanted to continue selling. And if they wanted to, then they should do that too. So so I just kicked into action. I did webinars on how to take business online uh, and all that sort of good stuff, doing lots of extra things in order to help those businesses where they are today, but very much with a aim of looking at where are you right now and what do you need help with right now? Love it. Okay, cool. I mean, this can be kind of, at this point now we've got like initial opinions. We can pretty much free for all and, and have a bit of blather and making this more round table So, I mean, how do we sell during this time? Well, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the one, isn't it? Like, how is it okay to do it? I mean, uh, Janet, you look like you're about to jump off there. <laughs> well, I mean, why wouldn't you? It, it, if you've got products and services that people need and you can help people, why, why wouldn't you continue to sell them? And the way I've kind of put it is, you know, unless you're selling, you're buying boxes of paracetamol and selling them on a, like a tenner or a go, you know, that's exploitative, you know, but it's mm. not to actually help. You know, I've helped a lot of people. I'm sure Teresa and Paul are the same. I've helped a lot of people get online. I've helped them to maybe see how they could take something that they were delivering in person and they could sell it online. And that's made a difference to them and it's made a difference to their bottom line. So I think you just have to keep selling. But I think because there are some people out there and I think unfortunately it's those people who are maybe sat at home on a nice furloughed uh, salary or whatever or can't go to work or whatever, they might, you know, who don't run a business and maybe don't understand the fact that you that you have to feed your family and that you, you know, if you want to be in business six months down the line, you need to kind of keep selling. Like for me, I I work with loads of contractors as well. So it's not just about me, it's about them and keeping them in work. But I think the key thing is you have to communicate that because if, if people don't have their own business, they don't necessarily understand. So unless you actually get out there and you tell them this is how it is, and then people are like, oh, okay, now I now I get it. Um, but I think there were some people out there saying, oh, you know, this is this is really kind of crass of you to do this. But when you actually point it out and you explain, I think it's it's absolutely fine. But you just have to sell, or you just have to get out there and do it. The other thing as well, though, is that um, that I think you have to look after your clients first, your existing clients. Um, and I think 
I saw some people who were going out and they were like trying to get new clients <laughs> and they were like in Facebook groups saying, oh, you know, I can do this for you. But the first people I think you need to contact are your existing clients. So I went live in my group, my membership group every single day at 11 o'clock. We called it my Boris, my daily Boris broadcast. <laughs> and um, and I did it the whole of April. No, I did it the whole of March and April. And I just kind of went in every day, which I don't normally do, and say, how are you doing? Have you got any questions? And I did some extra classes for them. And I think that's the key thing is that you look after your existing clients first before you start running around trying to get new ones. I think that's probably another thing that's quite important. It's interesting. I, I, I agree with so much. Oh, sorry, Rob. I was going to say I agree so much with what you know, Janet said in terms of, one, I think the way I pitched it to my academy is that you serve not sell like you are selling but you think of it as serving if you've still got a product or service that helps and makes a difference in someone's life whether it's a life-changing difference like coaching or teaching to take your business online or whether it's a difference of you know god would i'd love to get my nails done right now you know whatever the difference is if, if your service is something you sell then why shouldn't you we need to keep this economy moving and like janet said i am still spending i'm still paying money and and using the services that I can use and still paying out things. And I am trying to actively do that in order to ensure that this money keeps flowing. Um, but it, again, exactly the same as Janet, you know, I did so much more in the academy to help those people and to help support them during this time. Um, but I think I am a big fan of, of selling. Now, again, a bit like Janet said, you know, I bought some uh, gluten-free pasta from eBay that was 20 pounds. Now, those people are exploiting and not selling. But if you're sat there worried about it and you're thinking, should I? The chances are you should. You should sell. Because the people who are exploiting people, they don't sit there and think, oh, should I be selling right now? They literally buy all the gluten-free pasta and sell it online for a lot more money. So if you even ask yourself the question, I think you should be sat there going, no, it's fine to sell because the sheer fact that I worry for a millisecond that is this exploiting means you're not. Absolutely not. See, interestingly... I only saw um, questions about should we should we sell from um, I don't know I, I want to say like people like us like mm. I didn't I, I didn't hear questions from any of my clients about should we should we sell or 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 not because I think a lot of people recognise that that they have to and and Janet's absolutely right you've got you've got to continue to sell and Teresa's right the the economy's got to to keep moving I think the question that I got a lot more of was how. How, how do how do we yeah. do it? Because maybe what we were saying before isn't isn't right, and I think the situation that we've been in is is very different to that um, severe moment I, I sort of referenced in jest about about the Queen dying. You know, it's not if you're going out selling your commemoration tea towel, that's a little bit off, but. This this is this is a protracted period of of time, and and no one really knows. And um, I know that I've I've had conversations with Teresa before about the word unprecedented and how often yeah. we're using <laughs> that. And you know, everything's unprecedented. I mean, but it's an it, unprecedented use of the word unprecedented. It is. Unprecedented. It is. <laughs> it is. I've never heard of the bloody thing. Janet's better with words. She she will have more more um, uh, alternatives than the, the unprecedented. I, I bet. But but I think the question for me was like how. If we're going to sell and we do need to keep the business running, what do we what do we say now? What do we say that's mm. that's different? How do we adapt what our message has been to make it feel more appropriate? And for me, that's about tone. And yep, serving, not selling, 
uh, being supportive, looking after your existing clients first, hundred percent, totally agree with 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 that. But what what's the t- what's the tone? Do we need to adapt it so that we go, okay, this is weird. Mm. This is how we think we're going to 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 act. Do you send that email that says, hey, we're all working from home now, like everyone else, mm. or um or or do, or do you make things a bit more practical? It's really interesting. You- Sorry. Sorry, go on. You too, <laughs> please. <laughs> like this, Rob. Um, it was funny what you said, that we're the only ones that we've seen had this conversation about should we sell. But you know why I think that is, this, Paul? I think it's because we're in the knowledge industry, right? So we are teaching people what's in our brain. So no one would ever question a product because obviously you have to pay for things to make a product, to to have that thing. So no one ever expects, you would never walk into a supermarket and just expect to get something for free. Whereas when it's your knowledge, people do expect an element of that, I think. And also suddenly all these other people in the knowledge industry, the big people were doing things for free. So the Joe Wickses of the world were doing their stuff for free. You'd got uh, David Williams, I've got a daughter who's 10. David Williams gave all his books for free um, or was releasing a book every day that they could listen to. So again, it was like all these people who could, because it was just a case of turning it on, were giving this stuff for free, which then made us, I think, feel like, should we be just opening up the floodgates and, and letting people come in for free. I think an interesting approach got... that we've had. An interesting <laughs> approach. An interesting approach we've had is almost by accident. We never really discussed this, but it's just the way it's worked out is we almost strove to be the place that was a bit of a break from all the talk about, mm. about the problems that were going on in the world. Like, so we didn't really address it particularly. We did do a random email that was about, you know, what, what we're going to do with our event now that this has happened and those kind of things. But actually, generally speaking, we have continued on, I suppose, as if there was nothing wrong, knowing that for the most part, the stuff that we offer is not going to be affected by it people are going to be able to use it just as effectively as they could without it. So I suppose one of the things you have to question is if, if I didn't mention this and I just continued doing it, if I just continued on as I am, would people continue to buy and use and get benefit from the thing that I sell as if there was no pandemic and there was no crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, And we sort of found that that to be the case. And therefore mentioning it was almost just another, a bit like Paul said, another sort of voice in the sea, I suppose. I was going to say before you interrupted me. Well, <laughs> um, I'm um, I was going to say I've actually got clients who have product-based businesses as well as service-based businesses, and I have some clients who were actually selling face masks who did come up against some challenges with mm. people criticising them, but they just took it on the chin and they just they just. Um, well, I had a couple of really interesting scenarios, actually. So I had one lady who makes these like wooden, they're like wooden chopping boards and like metal hangers for runners and stuff. And she got all, she got quite taken in by all the hype. And she announced that she was closing her business because she said that she couldn't, she couldn't, you know, justify going to the post office and putting the postal workers at risk and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, then the government announced all of their economic uh, support for small business owners and she realized that her and her husband weren't they weren't entitled to anything whatsoever so she emailed me and said what should I do and I said well you just have to be honest and say look you know I have to keep selling I've got a family to feed and all the rest of it um and so she jumped the gun and she got herself probably worried about something she didn't need to get worried about and and she was under pressure like feeling that people 
would criticize her. But then I had these clients, quite a few of them, who were selling face masks and, you know, they were getting, they were coming under fire, but they were just taking it on the chin and saying, well, look, you know, Tesco aren't giving their food away for free. Like, mm. you know, this is what I do. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm spending time doing this. This is my expertise. I'm, I'm turning my hand to what I think I can do to, to help people. And I've sold hundreds of them. Thanks very much. And they just sort of addressed it. And I think that's the only way that you can be really is be honest. You know, when that lady came to me and talked to me about the chopping board thing, I said, you just have to be honest. and You just have to say, look, you know, this is the situation. I have no money coming in. And her clients were really, really supportive. And but I think I think there can be a pressure um, I know you said, Paul, you didn't have any, 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 hear any people worried. My clients were all worried about it. They were all asking me all the time, what should I do? What should I say? Whatever. And my answer is just always to be honest and just be mm. honest and upfront. And if you tell people what you're going to do, how it's going to work, you're really clear and upfront and you anticipate any problems. Generally, you don't get it. I think it's when you try and brush it under the carpet and you try not to address it. I think it's better to sort of put the elephant in the room and say, mm, yeah. like, I realise some of you might have a problem with this, but this is why I'm doing it. It's been really interesting. We we decided with our staff, we were to keep our staff connected, we would do one of these, we, we really like escape rooms, and they can do like virtual online ones, which have been put together. And so we thought one Wednesday for our staff meeting, we're all in our respective homes, we're doing a virtual online escape room. Very simple setup, not clever technology. You know, our membership sites between us, are each much more complex than these escape rooms, right? It was very, very simple, but lovely. So we went through all the puzzles, the five of us, we get to the end of it. And the thing that made this such a good escape room was at the last page, it was from the you know Gemma and Tom who had this escape room in London. And they had a little message that said, "We it's Je- hi, it's Gemma and Tom, just a written message. We really appreciate your support. We've obviously had to close our escape room and the 20 pounds you paid to do this is really helping out in a small way. We really appreciate it. And that's why I, that's the, the only reason I've not shared the login details with all my friends because I really care about Gemma and Tom. And you so, pirate. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 so, but what it made me think about is how we link our messages. How, what, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate to link? Let me give an example. I was on the mailing list of a very well-respected big marketer until he sent out an email with the subject line, my best friend died COVID-19. Then you open up the email and um, he said, actually he didn't die, but he could have died. And then went into this thing about, and that, and I was like, Oh my God, this is, I think it was totally fictitious. I don't think he even had a friend who had coronavirus. Like I think it was literally just, Oh, subject lines. They're important. I've got this cracking thought about <laughs> subject lines. You could be a winner too. Here's the game of life. Um, so I mean, obviously that was not okay. And I was like, I'm out of here. And I, I've spoken to a lot of people who, are, who were the same. Have you seen any really, that's one extreme. Have we seen any really nice angles, any nice things where people have included, or maybe we have ourselves included the, the messaging of, of COVID and use that in a, in a compelling way? So I know you asked for nice, but can I just tell you about this one I received? Oh, yeah, let's have a bit uh, of that. Yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> probably a few weeks into it, so fairly early on, they wrote they'd got a pandemic offer. That was their email subject line. Like, it just, why? 
and I, I I can't think of any really nice ones if I'm honest, because I think there's always the risk that not that you're trying to ignore it, but there's always the risk you're going to get it wrong. You know what I mean? Like if you mention it at all, there might be a risk that you actually offend someone somehow, and it just is horrible. So I think for me, I personally have have just stepped away from even thinking about it and just done my normal stuff. But in a you know mindful, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying something that's offensive at all, ever. But, yeah, just carried on as normal. What about supporting people? Like, is there some kind of level of um, of encouragement, motivation, mindset stuff of, like, this is going to be okay? Janet talks a lot about appealing to people's emotional needs. You talk about that quite a lot on your podcast, Janet. Um, what do you think, uh, Biz Paul, what do you think in terms of using it as a platform of saying, look, this is the support you need right now and that relating to what you're doing as a business? Well, I think there's a, there's a difference between promotional and, and transactional email and where you've got an existing base or an existing client list or, or, or you know, people that, are, that you are actively involved with. Uh, you know, people may need to hear certain certain things. And if how you operate is having to change, how that affects the service that you offer or what you can provide is, I think, important to get on, on the table because that might be a concern that a paying customer may, may have. Now, there's a difference between saying, um, you know, sending an, an email saying we're all working from home, which I think is unnecessary and we've had about six million of them each. Uh, within the first three days of lockdown Um, and and something that says uh, we can no longer be on site with you so this is going online this is how it's going to work and here's the avenue for for a question if you have one about about that service that that's a quite an important email i think to to send to maintain the service level that that you provide that could be a piece of bad news that says your delivery is going to take six weeks longer than it was. But if you don't communicate that fairly early, those customers and clients will have questions where they will make assumptions or, or think quite negatively. So I think I think there is a, a space for that type of email, um, which obviously has to mention the situation that, that you're in. And I think that is quite a good place to add in the sort of fluffy stuff about how you can then support them mm. and their and their business i mean per- personally for for my clients which you know, uh, you know everyone's client list is is, is different w- most of mine were relatively unaffected because of the tech that because of the uh, sectors that that they're in and actually their demand went up because there were things like online stuff and tech and and so on um but they still want to know what they can do and is everything going to be okay and i think there is a place for you to add that that more fluffy stuff there i think that's that's a good place and actually um you know you could call people as well to emphasize some of that too so i think there is a space for that yeah i mean i think for most of us if we've got an online course a membership or we do some kind of coaching there's usually a strong piece of actually um, process-wise, it's the same. There might even be an opportunity, and it's about how we get that messaging right, of, of basically saying, you're kind of, everyone's stuck at home. Do you want to upskill? Here's a really good time to do it. 
there is an opportunity there, but it's about doing it without being crass. Let's see on the sort of last discussion point, unless Rob looks like he was catching flies and ready to say there's something. One really, there's one really good example of that exact thing you've just said that I saw, which was somebody who sells dog training information and dog care information basically said, for the first time in your life, there's a very strong chance that you currently get to spend the amount of time with your dog your dog wants you to spend with the dog. And so yeah. this is the this is the opportunity where before trying to learn how to train your dog was a nightmare, squeezing it in before supper and all the rest of it. Now you have the best opportunity in the world. And I thought, what an amazing time to create an emotional connection and genuinely upskill in the best possible way. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. So the last bit that I think I've not really done a lot of thinking around yet, and it sort of really alarmed me today when I was thinking about our session today, was what about the back to normal emails like what is that communication going to look like so whoo that's all over great now is it like how are we going to acknowledge it are we going to go uh well we'll just sort of do a dj job and sort of crossfade into it seamlessly like it's a new mel b one track. of the bits you've what are we gonna one, do? one of the bits you've got to be careful with here is if you are somebody who's massively ramped up delivery during this difficult time so for example doing lives with your clients every day and all yeah. the rest of it at some point if it hasn't already you have to return back to normal without that now feeling like there's a loss there somewhere yeah do you yeah. do you really that's my question hmm. i think there's um i actually i've got a piece of content on instagram today which is about this this very thing really is that so some of my clients are now suffering from fatigue um, so they've been giving so much free stuff. They've been doing like free classes every day that they're actually now having to change their messaging. And like, I had a client ask me the other day, like, what should I do? I'm just so tired. I've been doing free classes every single day. I was like, just talk to your audience and just tell them I've been doing it for eight weeks now. I need a little bit of a break. But I do think I'm not sure we're ever going to go back to normal or not in the no. near future. <laughs> Um, sorry, my Siri is going off in the background. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure we're ever going to go back to normal. Um, so I don't know if we need to do that big piece of coming back. Mm. I just think we need to communicate. So, you know, if something has changed, like so before my Boris broadcast ended, I did say it was only going to be for a certain amount of time. And then when it came to the end, I said, oh, by the way, you know, I said it was the end of May. I think that's about right or whenever it was, I said. Um, but I just think we need to keep communicating. And I think that's, mm. I mean, that's always true of business, isn't it? Like whatever's happening, just keep communicating. Tell people like Paul was, you know, I've got clients who are having problems with uh, supply and delivery and that kind of thing. And just just, just keep talking to people and keep telling people what's going on in your business. Um, I've got clients who have cafes and hairdressers and things mm. like that. You know, people just want to be kept informed. It doesn't have to be this massive, big, dramatic thing. Just keep talking to them, I think. It, that, I mean, that would be my view on it. You can take people yeah. with you, can't you, if you do that? If you, like I say, if you're honest and you say to people that this is the situation or I'm struggling or, you know, if you take people with you on that, on that, on that journey, then they're, they're, you've built that trust with, uh, sorry, they, you've built that trust with them that they are going to, to be more forgiving of things that work out, don't work out. Um, and actually, I think there is an opportunity because I agree. I don't think we're going back to normal ever, but mm -hmm. there's an opportunity to develop products services systems that are better and more appropriate for people um and if people feel part of that process of developing those services i think maybe they're more likely to want them and to take them and the a business could do really well out of that i think i totally agree with what you were just saying this paul and the fact of 
when I'm talking to people now, because one of the things I'm helping lots of people with is going online or being better online, because you know what happened? The minute this happened, the panic messages, DMs, oh my goodness, that thing you've been telling me to do forever, I should have done it, so I need to do it now. So now the way I'm talking to them and teaching them and, and working with them is this is going forward. This isn't just, you might do things for now, so you might have change something because you were needed to immediately in order to earn money. But when you think about your business going forward, this now needs to be, you're looking at it in a different way. So some of the things that people are bringing in aren't just for the fact that we're on lockdown. This is now going forward. So someone, you know, one of the members said, I've realized I should have had more than one revenue stream because if I'd had an alternative revenue stream or a different way to do business, then I wouldn't have had all my eggs in that basket. So for me, it definitely feels like there won't be the the cutoff point like there was when we went into this, but the things they're learning and the skills they're bringing on and how they're moving and shaping their businesses going forward will continue to go forward even once the level of normality returns or some level but I still think you know all these things about doing stuff online you know offering the takeaway service if you're a restaurant and you weren't offering it before selling some of the stuff online that you were physical shop before so I think these are going to carry on I don't think they're going to change wow really interesting okay well that was a that was a hell of a discussion I thoroughly enjoyed that was great we're gonna head into the next section of the show subject line of the week subject line of the week oh What's it called, this section, Rob? What's it called? Uh, I don't know. Can't remember. Can't remember. Awesome. Teresa, have you brought us a lovely subject line you'd like to talk to us about? Do you know what? I I have, right, and this is a bit of a weird one because this isn't my biggest open rate line. Let me tell you what it is. So I have my email list and every so often I clean it and I look after it and I love it as you do. And I was looking at lots of people who basically um, weren't opening at all. So the last 90 days hadn't opened a single email and I sent them an email. So Previously, it was like 0% for those people because they weren't opening my emails. However, I sent an email and the title was, was it something I said? And then it got, and it, do you know what? It got about a 20% open rate. But considering it went to a list that had never really or hadn't been opening my emails, it got them to open it. And I had emails back going, oh, no, I'm so sorry, which was amazing. Because <laughs> I literally said, you know, that's cool. If I'm not for you, no worries. Just hit the unsubscribe button and I won't bother you again. But if I am, I just, you know, be nice to know type thing. So, yeah, yeah so that one was a pretty good one for me. I love that one. That's a Very really cool. good one. Uh, nice. Uh, Biz Paul. Um, well, I was looking at this from my list and, and the one that um, got the best results was re- was really quite boring because it was just it just <laughs> it just said the 2020 marketing inspiration list, your results, which is just an email about a piece of research that, that we did. Dead boring. But I wanted to bring into the conversation um, an, uh, an email that uh, I know I've spoken to to you guys before about. Uh, and some of you and some of your your uh, audience may may have heard of it or not. Even if if not, they need to check it out. It's called Pop Bitch, and it's a well, it was weekly, but it's now a daily email full of salacious gossip, um, which <laughs> which you know, I mean, they name names. I mean, it's it's, it's totally libelous, really. But um, I think they are quite good at deciding whether or not it's true, and therefore. Uh, whether they'll be taken to court. But anyway, th- their subject lines are brilliant. 
And the one that I saw this week, which I just thought was amazing, was called Total Eclipse of Jihad. (laughs) 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 Which, uh, which, you know, and the the, the story in it was all about... um, Bonnie, Bonnie, the Bonnie Tyler song being a big hit in uh, the Afghan uh, Soviet Union war in Brilliant. the 80s. Um, but what a great subject line. What, a, what an absolute <laughs> treat. Love That's it. Amazing. All right. Uh, Janet, a favorite subject line. Well, that reminds me, Paul. Of, so my husband used to work on a music magazine. He used to work on Music Week magazine. And they got into trouble because there was some kind of, um, it was some kind of artist who, he had like an Indian sounding name or something and he, and they were doing their top of the pops, but they put top of the pop, top of the poppadoms on the cover. And somebody wrote in and said they were being racist because the guy just happened to be like an Asian artist or something like that. So you have to be so careful with stuff like that. Um, but my favorite um, subject header that I had, you know, those people who send you those really annoying emails where they want to like, they want to blog on your site and that kind of thing. And they just uh, keep sending yeah. you the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the um the final one in a series of three from this guy I thought was brilliant. It was like the Pope sends his regards, and inside the email it said, <laughs> it said, well, you know, I've sent you so many emails now, and you're obviously really to get hold, get really difficult to get hold of. You're more difficult to get hold of than the Pope. But I thought the Pope sent his regards. I thought it was a brilliant. I thought it was That's a brilliant like um, subject line. Really yeah, really good. Yeah. We can get Sarah over at Likemind to use that one for her outreach. Maybe that'll be great. <laughs> Absolutely great. Well, that's this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Bonus well, this extra been, edition. <laughs> this has been amazing. Very cool. So, listen, for people who want to come and find out more about you, you lovely people, where can they go? Let's start with Bizpol. Oh, well, I mean, so, so, so many places. Um, well, you could go to bizpool.com. That will send you to a little chat bot that then sends you off all sorts of other places, um, including Like My Media, Marketed Live. Wherever you want to go, really. The world's your oyster with Bizpool. <laughs> Look at that. Thank you very much. Teresa? That's a hard act to follow. I haven't got the world. Uh, so if you go to your favourite platform and you type in Teresa Heathwearing, you will find me. Or go to TeresaHeathwearing.com or check out the podcast Marketing That Converts. She's done that and before. Last but not it's a least. beauty. <laughs> and Janet. Janet, tell us where to go. You can go to janetmarie.co.uk, but I'm very active on Instagram. So that's usually the best place to connect with me. It's at Janet Marie. And it's not at Janet Marie. It's at UK because Janet Marie was taken. There you go. That's lovely. We've Damn put it. all the links to all of that stuff in the show notes, which you'll find over at theemailmarketingshow.com slash crisis. <laughs> that's not a better word than that, is there really? That's you all have we've to put got. It in caps. <laughs> it's not in caps I said it in caps you could tell couldn't you that's it thanks for this uh, thanks for joining us for this lovely bonus episode this has been a treat thank you guys thank you thank, thank you the-